welcome to Razzle Frat. We're back to talk books, coffee, pop culture, and more. I'm Lila E, aka There's Ink on My Hands. And I'm Ashton, aka Grapes of Ash. So how have you been? What's been new with you? I've been good. Um, It's been kind of crazy, but since we last recorded, I got a job. Um, I know, a full-time publishing gig, so I'm very excited. I'm going to be a publicity assistant at a book PR firm, Um, and so I'm really excited. The new job starts just a few days from now, so next time we record, I'll have more info, but that's my big news. Um, That's awesome. Are you going to be able to get, like, free books? I hope so. That's, like, half the perks of being in publishing. Um, So I hope so. I'll be working mainly on psychology and self-help books, um, which are not normally my thing, but I feel like I'm going to learn a lot because that's not normally my thing. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and that's also good because then you won't get, like, burnt out reading Mm -hmm. things that you actually... Yeah. fully enjoy nothing you wouldn't enjoy these but right. you know it does kind of ruin it yeah it I can guess. like keep my work reading life and my home reading life separate yeah yeah so i'm excited so that's my big news i'm nervous but i'm excited um so yeah what's what's new with you mm, well i just got <laughs> back um from new orleans i'm sorry if i say that wrong i don't new know orleans. The, i don't know the proper <laughs> way to say anything Um, it was my first time there. I went down there for a wedding because it's wedding season, and I guess when you become a certain age, (laughs) young woman, um, you get invited to all these weddings, and you just go broke. That's essentially it. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically, the city itself felt like, it basically felt like Disney World for people that like to drink and party. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I mean, I probably could got, get on board with that if I wasn't there with my mother. Fair. But, but it also seemed like you saw a lot of cool, like, coffee shops and bookstores, too. Yeah, so I went on what I called my literary tour. So mm. I, like, looked up different bookshops and, you know, got some used books. I did pick up Salem's Lot. Yes! That you were recommended. So, no, I have not read it from last pod. <laughs> um, where you, you know... Mm-hmm. recommended it for me but um I did at least make the effort and spent money on it so there's that that's big with me did I'm a big get, library girl did you get like the small mass market version like the little bitty one um it's a little bit of a oh chunk gosh, here. yeah oh, it is chunky it's like a no surprise it's a paperback though I don't know nice. um we don't judge all books are beautiful oh yeah um but I'm excited so the wedding was amazing it felt like I was in this little, I know it was in the French Quarter, but I felt like I was in this, like, little Italian stucco place. I mean, your vibe. I'll have to show you pictures later, but it was just, like, candles everywhere Mm -hmm. and, like, um, like, gold and, like, green. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous and it was quick and to the point. Like, it was the most perfect setting because I'm not one that likes the long drawn out things yeah me neither it was just like in and out mm-hmm. and then we drank and partied and danced nice. all night and it was so fun until I got food poisoning <laughs> oh no um from the so, wedding I don't know what it was from I was like branching out and like trying new things and oh. I was trying like fish and stuff because like um growing up I was a very picky and snobby eater mm-hmm much to the chagrin of my mother and I just decided um you know two martinis deep that I was just (laughs) this looked good and there was mushrooms on it I like mushrooms so I you know and I don't have any I'm lucky I don't have any food allergies so I can do stuff like that but um yeah then two in the morning (laughs) oh no bit me in the ass so um, oh this sounds awful yeah it hurt a lot it was (laughs) <laughs> TMI, maybe. Um, but anyway, so most of my stay was like just dealing with drunk people stumbling around mm-hmm. and then the aftermath of having food poisoning and just like <laughs> feeling very worn out. But in between it was cool. Yeah. I went you know, around the corner corner quarter, sorry, um, the French quarter and like 
I took a cemetery tour mm. and like ghost tour, so mm-hmm. I learned all like you know vampire stuff too. Ooh. Um, we did take the trolley out of the quarter to Garden District, mm. and I saw the American Horror Story house oh, from cool. Coven. That was fun. Um, yeah, and then the takeaway from all that is that if you really like to party and carry around giant tubes the size of your head full of alcohol, mm-hmm. New Orleans is a good place for that, especially nice. the French Quarter. Um, and if you like fried food, I don't like fried food, so oh, I was like... I'm there. I, well, you're Southern. Like, there. I, I was like... I'll eat anything fried. My weak little northern constitution couldn't <laughs> handle it. I was like, I, I like fucking kill for a salad right now. <laughs> like no. it was, even their salads. Really did you have drenched. beignets? I did, How and are they? Oh, I feel like I'm gonna like polarize someone oh, somewhere no. or piss off someone somewhere on this pod with this comment. But they tasted just like zaples, which are the Italian donuts. Yeah, they're so. Italian. <laughs> I was just like, my mom and I both tried mm-hmm. it, and we both had the same reaction, and we were just like, but they were good. They were good. They were tasty. They're well made. We went I to mean, Cafe Du Monde, and they're not supposed to be that much different than the Italian donuts, right? I guess so. I honestly just didn't research beignets, mm-hmm. so like, I didn't know what I was getting. I just knew they were like a pastry. Yeah. And I knew they were famous, and I've watched Princess and the Frog like five times. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was all for it, and I know that, like, even what's-her-face, Kim Kardashian flies them out for her. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I knew they were, like, critically acclaimed. Mm -hmm. So I went down there being like, okay, I'm going to try the Mm -hmm. cuisine of this Mm -hmm. place and get the, you know, Mm -hmm. the experience. And we both took one bite, we were just like, this is literally what we grew up making. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom legitimately caused a fire trying to make her younger (laughs) brother Zaples. (laughs) <laughs> growing up so I, I whatever take that as you will still delicious don't knock it whatever um just you know you know it's like what's that phrase it's like wolf in sheep's clothing or sheep and wolf clothing she, oh, wolf in sheep's, sheep's clothing. clothing yeah yeah it's not sinister but you know um <laughs> and then flying sucks legitimately yeah. flying sucks because especially right now I don't know what happened, but everybody forgot how to go to the airport (laughs) and how to be at the airport. Like, the TSA lines Mm -hmm. were insane. And I know TSA can be, like, Mm time-consuming, but, like, I think it's just maybe the job shortage or something, but, like, they were not moving. People were just left and right. I was questioning if they were on drugs or if, like, they were dropped on their head repeatedly. Because nobody was making sense of what to do with anything. And I'm like, this isn't our first rodeo. Like, I know we've all been, like, kind of out of it for a while. Mm -hmm. But memory's not that short. Yeah. Like, come on, people. Yeah. I wonder if it's, like, they had, like, shorter staff during COVID, and now people are flying more, and they haven't rehired people mm-hmm. for the demand, because yeah. I had the same experience when I flew home a, yeah. f- a few weeks ago. And meanwhile, this is, like, 5.30 a.m. I have two cups of coffee in me already, and I'm, like, Ugh. ready to kill someone. Yeah. And this one experience that I'll tell you, and then we can move on, my mom was, like, gonna fight this woman. Oh, no. <laughs> and, like, if anybody's met my mother, so I am five foot. My mother's shorter than me. She's shorter She's than feisty. me. She's the sweetest thing you like ever meet she's kindest little soul you know little italian woman that like (laughs) will literally make you a freaking feast if you like show up to like say hi Mm -hmm. she'll you know she'll take care of you and we're standing we're getting we're moving to go into the line to get into the we're moving to go like on to the plane we're lining Mm -hmm. up for boarding i don't know how to speak anymore i'm sorry (laughs) um it's friday night the week's taken a lot out of me. And we go in line, and this woman, like, is standing with her husband right in front of us, and the janitor asked my mom to, like, move over so he could, like, move his trolley mm-hmm. thing. And I guess my mom shifted, and I guess she got too close to the woman's husband. Oh, no. <laughs> the woman was like, excuse me. She's like, I just 
I would just like to stay with my husband. And my mom was like, okay. okay. <laughs> She's like, I'm not trying to cut in between you two to get on a plane that we're all going to. Um, I was just moving over for this gentleman. I'm going to move back with my daughter now. And then she's like, the woman just kept saying, I just, I just don't want to get separated from my husband. And my mom was like, it's okay. <laughs> you can have him. Like, like, like she said I'm that. I'm not trying to and steal like, him. I'm standing there and I'm like, mom, it's 7 a.m. I was like, don't start. I was like, she's, she's a pretentious bitch. Mom, like, just please. don't start. And she's looking at me and she's like, what is her deal? And I'm like, mom, she can hear you. I'm like, you're not being quiet right now. Please. Let's just get on the freaking plane. Oh, my God. It was just one thing after another. There was another girl having, like, a meltdown because she had to get out of the line from Duncan because it was so long, and, and she didn't get her coffee yet, and she was complaining that she hadn't eaten. And, like, I was like, okay, you're a grown-ass adult. Yeah, her like, fault, but also kind of mood when I don't get coffee. But, like, yeah, but you like, don't complain about it. Like No, she was, like, screaming it, about no, it. No, no, that's not the parents. Mood. No. And... I was just like, I would never. And then her dad was like, he's like, I'm going to go get you a muffin. I was like, bitch, you're going to miss the boarding to get this bitch a muffin. Like, oh he's probably hoping he would, so he didn't have to play with her. <laughs> he's like, oh, man. Oh, Mr. Darn. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you next one. <laughs> They're Minnesota. <laughs> uh, no. Flew out of Newark. No. <laughs> like, New Jersey. Um, but, yeah. So that was my experience with travel, but let's uh, let's let's travel to uh, the world of books. <laughs> um, nice segue. <laughs> Very, good. Very good. Yes, smooth Natural. transitions here all around. <laughs> um, yeah. So, do you want to talk about a little bit about what you've been reading lately since we last spoke? Yeah, I would say it's been a slower reading month for me. Um, I've just been taking some time to get into more of my other hobbies, and it's just been busy at my jobs. So, um, I finally finished Educated by Tara Westover, mm. and that was the, I mentioned it last pod that I had started it, um, it's the memoir about a, a woman who grows up in a cult in, like, backwoods Idaho, um, like a Mormon cult. Same. <laughs> and she, um ends up going to BYU and then ultimately Cambridge and Oxford for an education. Um, and so it's really interesting. I was really hooked by like the summary of the book, but I thought it was when I, I listened to it on audio and I thought it was really kind of slow. It took a while to get into it. Um, I feel like there was a lot of unnecessary detail and most of the book was her in the cult, and very little of it was her actual education. Um, I don't know. It felt, like, lopsided to me. Um, but I, I, I was really interested in how she got out, and, you know, it was interesting to follow her. But it also didn't say as much about the American education system, like, brought, like as broadly as I thought it would. It was just about her own personal education, and I wish that it had talked more about, like the education in cults at large or like how we define education like in America and I don't know it was just got a little lacking for me but I it was interesting um and you know I'd recommend it but it wasn't outstanding memoir for me interesting I've heard nothing but like rave reviews from the publishing sphere about it so. I don't know I feel like I don't know maybe this is gonna sound like bitchy but I think do it like she doesn't go to school her whole life. She's homeschooled, and by that I just mean, like, she reads textbooks, and they're, like, that's, like, what they call school. And then she goes to BYU, and she has, like, a rough couple of first classes, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden she, like, she's like, oh, I just buckled down and studied hard, and then, you know, I became, like, the superstar, and then she goes to Cambridge to get her PhD, and I don't know, it just seems a little unbelievable to me mm -hmm. that, like, you could go from not knowing about the Holocaust and then, like, a semester later get accepted to a PhD program in Cambridge. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I just feel like, I don't know, I know that sounds like a bitch, because, like, obviously I could not do what she did, and it's, like, very, it's a tough thing to do, but I feel like that was one of the drawbacks of having so much time speaking about the cult and then very little about her schooling. Right. relatively I feel like I missed a lot of steps and I felt like it all happened too quickly and I wasn't really it didn't seem believable to me that this would happen 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think you're a bitch for having, A, an opinion, <laughs> but, B, just, like, questioning it, because yeah. it does sound kind of far-fetched. I guess that's why it makes it a good story, and oh. even though it is technically her memoir, but, oh. yeah, I've heard things about it, but um, this is going to be a really stupid question, and I'm going on air with it, but <laughs> what is BYU? <laughs> Uh, Brigham Young University. It's Thank a, you. It's like um, <laughs> it's in Utah. It's like um, a really really big Mormon university okay. in Utah. Cool. So oh, that was like yeah. one of the only schools like her family would like let her go to. Um, so I don't know. I mean, she's obviously she's got like natural smarts and she's quick on her feet and she's got like others like yeah. she's had a different kind of you know quote education from growing up. Um, you know the way she did. But I don't know. I really felt like the story kind of fell apart for me when she left Idaho. It just wasn't told as well mm-hmm. or as in-depth as the first yeah. part. And I was really interested in the first part, and I really felt for her, and I was rooting for her. But it wasn't, like, it didn't blow my mind. Yeah. So-so, I would say. Sometimes that happens, though. Yeah, but I'm still glad I read it. I still found it, like, interesting enough. Yeah. I wouldn't not recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I... I read something that kind of blew my mind. I mean, I couldn't put down. I read in like two days. And that is Mexican Gothic, which is by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Mm -hmm. And it was released last year, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds great. Like last summer, yeah. Um, I am ashamed that it took me this long to read it. Uh, It's actually good for you. You don't read a lot of like new books. I know. I'm getting... See, uh, Contemporary Catwoman just <laughs> complimented me, the eclectic one over here. Um, but what I loved about it is that, so, the character, Noemi, is, uh, she's called upon her, by her cousin, Catalina, who, there's, it's set in Mexico City, and, um, Noemi is, like, a party girl, and, um her cousin has married and moved to the countryside with, like, her rich, uh, heir, husband, uh, Virgil Doyle. <laughs> Virgil. I know, right? It's set in the 50s, so it's really okay. glamorous and, mm-hmm. you know, the, of that time, and it's right after the revolution, and they were, like, it was talking about the differences between the vivid uh lifestyle of noemi and then when she goes to this countryside it's like this giant crumbling castle mansion mm, which <clears throat> jane Eyre, and um <laughs> don't tell me that i won't order you that's why that's why i was like well it was gonna be my recommendation but i don't think if you don't like jane Eyre, um it's it's not jane Eyre. um <laughs> i'm getting off track it basically is this beautiful story of dread mm-hmm. essentially she gets to this place where there's strict rules her cousin's sick and nobody mm-hmm. knows why she feels like she's being lied to mm-hmm. and um the patriarch is like this creepy old man that's Ugh. dying and smells weird oh, no. and, um, <laughs> you know how it goes you know and she's like well i'm a freaking flower i'm mm-hmm. gonna like be bright and lively and speak up for myself Mm -hmm. and they're like oh hell no Mm -hmm. you're not doing this you're gonna follow our rules Mm -hmm. or we're gonna like lock you in your room essentially Mm -hmm. and so she's like starting she's questioning oh it's not Mm -hmm. starting but she's been questioning Mm -hmm. she's like why is she so sick? Mm-hmm. Why did she call me, like, in a haste? Mm-hmm. What are you not telling me? Yeah. Why are all these strict rules happening? Yeah. What is the cemetery, like, Oops. deal out mm-hmm. there? What is it? Why is it so creepy? Mm-hmm. Why? And then she starts, like, seeing things in her dreams, and she's having these dreams, and she started sleepwalking, and it's like all these things start happening, and she's kind of getting, like, gaslit a mm-hmm. little bit. And, um, it's just beautifully done. I mean, her voice itself, not just of the writer, but mm-hmm. of the characters, they just definitely paints an image that good. made me not want to put it down. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is, like, there were parts when I was, like, gagging. 
because it was so a cringy like not bad cringy writing but just like what was happening was like huh and then um there were parts when i was like oh shit Mm -hmm. what is this and the twist believe it or not that's your choice Mm -hmm. but it's like a fucked up twist Ooh, i love twists like yeah that. i've heard such good things and the like the fact that yeah. you like it so much and it's a contemporary book i know that i'm gonna really like yeah it. and like i mean there's some people that don't because it's, it's kind of speculative a yeah. little bit but i mean it's i gothic, love that shit yeah you know it sounds um, very unique it is and i i do enjoy like the um the fact that it's not like some like old english bitty yeah you know Jane Eyre (laughs) yeah um I like that it's you know set in Mexico and and it's Mm -hmm. it's not shying away from the heritage and um the personality that it brings and it does touch upon European colonialism Mm -hmm. a little bit so all in all fantastic read it in two days highly recommend Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I'm excited I like to read it um my second book is We Went to the Woods by Kate Dolan Leach, um, which is from a thorough poem. I guess it's a poem. Um, yes, it is a poem. Um, and it is a book about these five, like, 20-somethings who are from New York City, but they decide that um, they want to start, like, a commune in upstate New York. And so they like, move up there, and they call it the homestead, and they, like, all have, like, they each have a cabin, and they've got, like, a main cabin, and they, like, grow their own food, and, like, are completely Mm self-sustainable, um, but, you know, it's one of those, like, but they all have a secret kind of things, (laughs) um, of course, but that's, I don't know, it's, like, they're all, like, running from something, or, you know, they don't know each other as well as they think they do, um, so you mean the four other people that live with you in the woods you don't know them exactly (gasps) exactly so it's um i don't know it's really interesting so the main character mac is like running away from something stupid she did on a television show like (laughs) um and she like everybody hates her so she decides like she meets these people at a party and she's like okay like i'll be a part of this experiment because like i fucking hate my life and people are like sending me death threats um so yeah so it turns out like she doesn't know the people at all and there's like a rival like collective um and there are like i don't know they're like enemies with like the natural gas people next door and i don't know it was very it reminded me a lot of uh, the Secret History or If We Were Villains, which are two of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it was just because I was having a slower reading month or maybe this just wasn't the right time for this book, but it was, it took me like almost three weeks, three and a half weeks to finish it. Um, and I won't say it's because of the book. Maybe it's just everything going on in my life, but I, I really enjoyed the book, but it wasn't, it didn't really live up to my expectations. Um, but I thought the idea was interesting and she's a really great writer. But I was honestly kind of let down by the ending. I don't know. I feel like I'm never really satisfied with the endings of those kinds of books. But um, I still recommend it. Yeah. I still still recommend it. I think that it's really good. And I loved all of the, like, references to Thoreau. Um, It also was, like, very, like, dead poets because of that. Um, So, I don't know. It was... It was good. I'm glad I read it, but another one that didn't really, like, blow my mind. Mm, well, mm. even though it didn't blow your mind, I think I might want to read it. It sounds like it's up my alley. It, I think it is up your alley, and I think it's definitely a good book. And like I said, I think most of why it took me so long to read was just things going on in my own life. Mm. Um, because I was really invested in the book, and I think the pacing is good. I just, for whatever reason, it didn't, like, hit it out of the park for me. Which is fine. Not every book is going to, but I feel like it's been a while since I've had a book do that. And I'm, like, waiting for the next one to do that. And I thought that it was going to be this one because it was so close in content to some of my favorites. But I don't know. Maybe I'll, like, read it again. We'll see. But I can loan it to you. I've got it. Okay. I own it. Yeah. Saves me money. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I feel like that happens sometimes when, like, you pick up a book because it's similar to something you loved. 
and you just wanted to duplicate that or replicate rather the feeling that you had reading that first book yeah. and nothing ever does match up yeah I feel like and it's I know it's like chasing weird a high <laughs> I know, it's weird because it's like we always keep doing it yeah. but we're never gonna get that it's like when you go out and have an amazing night of dancing mm-hmm. um and go back to the same place like you know after and you're like I had such a good time here and the next one it's like it's like this guy in the corner with a beard down to his, like, stomach, and <laughs> they're playing nothing but, like, weird banjo music. And yeah. you're like, what the hell am I remembering? Yeah. So, yeah, I kind of get that. Um, but I definitely I definitely recommend it. I recommend it more than Educated. Um, and it seems like something I think you'd really like. Yeah, it yeah. does sound. I mean, you mentioned one of my favorite books, mm-hmm. Secret History, so... Um, I will definitely put that on my TBR. I, know. I will read any book if I think it is remotely, like, a <laughs> yeah. secret history. I'm like, I, I'm, in. I'm in. I have um, a Pinterest board saved of, like, books like it's still, secret history. Maybe I should reread that. It's been, like, almost two years since you I read it originally. You went on record last time saying you were going I to. I know. I should. I should do that. Mm. Or If We Were Villains. Because right. that one was also really Well, if good. anybody wants to comment and hold us accountable for what we say we're going to read. Yeah, maybe next maybe time. Maybe do that, because <laughs> clearly we're liars. We yeah. don't do anything we say we're going to do. Um, <laughs> There's no time. Yeah, I know. Life is a bitch. Um, what was your second book? Yeah, I'll go through it real quick. Um, I'd read Trans Kingdom by Ya Jesse, mm-hmm. and I was eerily disturbed on how much this book affected me. Um, it is a beautiful, sad tale about a young woman um, who's flitting back between memory of childhood and current state at um, it, earning her doctorate at Stanford in, in science. Um, she's studying the uh, cause and effect and ultimately trying to see if there's a cure or a prevention for addiction. Mm-hmm. And it stems from her childhood where... Um, she grew up in Alabama, mm-hmm. I want to say, um, very southern, um, Christian community. Uh, her mother and brother were from Ghana, and she was born in the States, and, um, her brother, uh, overdosed on heroin his senior year of high school, and he was, um, like a star athlete beforehand. Mm-hmm. And he got hooked on, like, pain pills after an injury. And the book is just a beautiful telling of trying to understand human nature, pain, um, the balance between science and faith. Mm. Because she was brought up in a very religious household. Her mother took her to church all the time. The, and then what really drives the story is her relationship with her mother. And it's you know, begins with the second time her mother has taken to her bed mm-hmm. because uh, she's depressed mm-hmm. um, and how, as an adult, reflecting on the first time when the mother took mm-hmm. to her bed um, and she was sent away. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, stemmed from the death of the son. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's harrowing how beautiful this story is and the way it's woven and um she just writes in a way i mean i read homegoing and mm-hmm. i loved it uh although totally different although i loved it in a different way mm-hmm. you know this one i think for personal reasons i loved it but I, this one just uh, yeah. you know that's yeah. all i can say it's just a giant sigh that's yeah. all. It's, um, yeah. it's really good because I've had a lot of the same like situations in my family and there were so many times when the narrator, Gifty, would like ask a question about faith and, you know, about addiction mm-hmm. and the nature of God and, you know, why would a, a God who is good and merciful, you know, yeah. create this person just to overdose on heroin at 17? Yeah. And it, I'm like, oh, holy fuck. Like, those are questions I ask myself yeah. all the, the time. Um, and yeah, it was like, she was in my head at some points, even if like the situation wasn't exact, 
but like addiction has affected my family so much and like her trying to reconcile that with her faith and science was so yeah. I was like in awe of yeah y'all Jesse she yeah. does such an amazing job yeah and I just like there is a part where she was you know she didn't know it at the time but she was like conversing or something with the um the dealer that mm. essentially sold to the brother and he was like this big wig at the church mm-hmm. he was this like yeah guy that was very vocal and he's like I'm going to heaven like there's obviously a place for me and all that like without a doubt confident in this and like she she's just like sitting there being like well someone like him is going to heaven where does that leave me yeah like do I even want to be in a place like where he is right and that's just such a beautiful thing it's like that um I'm gonna quote off quote paraphrase uh, the great Miley Cyrus, <laughs> um, where not all sinners are bad people, mm-hmm. and not all people that go to church are good. Yeah. So it's, like, also kind of shedding light on that culture yeah. of, of Christianity, and, like, you know, I grew up going to church. Yeah. And so it's just what defines good ethical people. hmm And... Is it by action? Is it by faith? Is it by reaction? It's just, there's so many things. There's so many things. And she somehow touches on all of it. She does. In this book. It's brilliant. It really is. Yeah. And like, I know we said, it's so much different than homegoing. And I think that is such a cool feat. And it really shows how Mm -hmm. amazing of a writer she is because like homegoing is about all these different interconnected families over generations and it's like you know the key term always like it's a sweeping saga you know and it's like transgenerational and continental and this is like really zoomed in on one family and one person really in particular and these big questions um i just think like that is so like She's such an amazing talent to be able to do both so well. Because I was worried when I read Transcendent Kingdom that I was going to be let down because I loved Homegoing so much. And Mm -hmm. I thought, like, maybe she peaked with her debut, which was, that's crazy that that was her debut. But her second one was just as good. It was totally different, but it was amazing. Yeah. We love her. We love her. 100%. Um, And speaking of families... Good segue again. Yeah, we're gonna so we're gonna do a little fun thing. Um, hopefully, not talk your ear off too much and <laughs> keep it short. Um, so, in lo- in lieu of uh, the upcoming holidays, if you celebrate them or acknowledge them, um, at least you know I will be going home for a Thanksgiving. Um, we're gonna do some books with dysfunctional families because why not? We all have them. I feel like there's not one actual functional family out mm-hmm. there. Maybe somewhere. Who knows? But, um... Do you know the, um, the Tolstoy quote about unhappy families? Yeah, it's the it's opening line of Anna Karenina. If you ever read it, you uh, would know. Okay, okay, sorry. I was trying to, like, suck up to you with some Russian book knowledge, but I love that quote. Yeah. Is it, every happy family is the same, but every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Yeah. I love that. It's beautiful. That's... One of the reasons it's my favorite book. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could talk about that. Um, <laughs> Another day. But I won't. But I won't. <laughs> um, so do you want to go with your first choosing first? Yeah. Um, I won't go into too much detail because if I start, I won't stop, but, Mm -hmm. um, I do have to mention Grapes. It's, like, the OG dysfunctional family story for me. Um, what's the full title? The Grapes of Wrath, sorry. The Grapes of Wrath, um, which is how, like, anyway, launched my love for reading. You guys know all that from the first episode, but the family is obviously very dysfunctional, and I highly recommend it. It's, like, a family of, like, 12 or 13 people, Mm -hmm. so big family. Um, but I think my, one of my all-time favorite dysfunctional family stories is anything Celeste Ng writes, um, I love Little Fires Everywhere and Everything I Never Told You are both, like, great dysfunctional family, um, books, and I highly recommend both of them. Yeah, Everything I Never Told You, um, I didn't read Little Fires Everywhere, but... Mm -hmm. Um, with everything, my mom gave it to me. Mm-hmm. She asked me to read it for mm-hmm. her. 
um, just because it gets the mother-daughter dynamic mm-hmm. in it. Um, and yeah. that that was just beautiful how it's like it starts out with the death of the daughter. Mm-hmm. And then it just unfolds this family. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just peels yeah. every single layer that they had with this disappearance yeah. and ultimate death of the daughter. Yeah. Of the mother, the father, the sister, the brother. Um, yeah. It's just beautifully done to yeah. the point where like I had to call my mom after I read it and I was like I love you because <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. heart-wrenching yeah. to see the dynamics between parents and, and you know marry people and mm-hmm. you know women versus men in the world mm-hmm. and um being um a minority in a in a place where no one looks like you. Yeah. Um, they were the only in their town, right? Yeah, because they're, um, they're an Asian-American family. I think it's the Midwest. Yeah. It was, yeah. like, Michigan? Like, yeah, Michigan in, like, the 70s or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, like, oh, God, that book. I love that book. It's really good. And I think Little Fires Everywhere is, is good, too. It's, it's like, different. Mm-hmm. But there's that common thread of, like, dysfunctional yeah. family. Um, and then the Hulu series is also great. Is it good? Yeah, I said it. I is. see it. It's good. Um, it has Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, one of her, like, book club picks. And then she starred in it. And I'm like, hmm. But <laughs> it was <laughs> huh, still. Something's a coincidence Yeah, interesting. Um, but obviously I love Reese Witherspoon, yeah. so it was fine. Um, and it also had, oh, my gosh, what's her name? Carrie Washington? Yes, Carrie Washington. Um, and she was excellent in it. Um, so I, I, of course she was. I, I know, yeah. She stole the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, the series is really good. But I love both of those books. Yeah. And yeah. Um, just in case you live under a rock, Grapes of Wrath is written by John Steinbeck. Oh, so yeah. If you need to, uh, if I you want to look that up, it's assume. about family sure. traveling cross country during the Dust Bowl, um, yes. Great Depression era. It's so good. Um, it's so it's, good. As you can Hit see. Hit me up. We'll talk about we have it. To, we can do, like, a classics episode yes. and discuss, like, the quote-unquote great American classics. Oh, because, my God. Yes. You know, Please. whatever. Um, they're probably all written by men. We'll choose like, your own classics. He's not perfect, but it's a great book. Okay. I am So, up. I'm just going to cut you off at that point. <laughs> there. You're You've fair. got your limited time on... Uh, Steinbeck, because I also need to limit Tolstoy stuff, so. Um, so my first pick is Running with Scissors by Augustine Burroughs, and it's actually a memoir, which, when you know that it's a memoir, it it's just makes it more intense, because it happened. So this is where this kid, okay, um, Augustine, his mother's like a struggling poet, mm-hmm. Um, you know, the classic, like, chain smoker. There's mm-hmm. always got, like, you know, glass of wine and stuff. She decides, in her maternal instinct, to send him to live with her psychiatrist and his family so that she could focus on her work. Interesting. So, it's like, in this And the psychiatrist old, is like, sure. Yeah, he encouraged <laughs> it. Okay. Um, it's, it's in this, like, old Victorian torn-down house. This is, like, in the mm. 70s, maybe? 70s and 80s. And it kind of feels like the Manson family a little bit. It, with, you know, that. without, like, the murder. Um, <laughs> so the kids just, like, run wild in their mm-hmm. own volition. Like, one of the daughters literally ha- is shacking up with, like, one of the psychiatrist's, like, <laughs> patients. Like, a grown-ass man. This, like, 15-year-old girl just, like, left and went to go live with her mm-hmm. sugar daddy, who also has issues. And then the kids literally are taking, like, Valium and pills as candy. Oh my god. Um, they like smoke and do drugs mm-hmm. and like they deal with like growing sexuality in very unconventional ways. Like mm-hmm. a, refer to the fifteen year old shacking up with a grown ass man yeah. insight in Ugh. therapy. So and the dad is like, Be free. Go for it. I'm here for it. It's the weirdest freaking thing. And there are just so many cringy moments. So many. And clearly, I mean, he gets out of it. He's written a book about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he lives in New York. But I honestly, I just remember reading this book. I read it for a book club a couple years ago. And 
oh, I needed, like, a Happy Meal after this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I needed to watch, like, a crap ton of Disney movies mm-hmm. and just clean my mm-hmm. palate because this was so intense. And it, it, what makes it so intense is that it's a memoir. It happened mm-hmm. to someone, yeah. you know, and, I mean, they changed names. And I'm sure there's some yeah. liberties he took, but. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and the fact that it was normal. Yeah. It was just so normal. Oof. But, yeah. um, and then I'm only going to give one other because we're running out of time. If we have time, I'll give the other one. But um, Girl in the Mirror by Rose Carlyle. So I didn't really enjoy this book too much. It was a book of the month club mm-hmm. for me. But um, it's about these twin sisters, Iris and Summer. Mm-hmm. And, like, one's considered, like, the perfect twin and the beautiful one. And, mm-hmm. like, Iris is, like, the, like one that can't get her shit together always has like greasy hair like just kind of don't like me <laughs> same <laughs> um just like no imperfect mm-hmm. but also seriously struggling so like her imperfections are very very noticeable and uh there's like a boat trip or something like that and like iris falls asleep and like wakes up to find out that her sister has fallen overboard oh no and um dies And so the premise actually is not just the death, but the fact that when their rich, dead Australian father wrote his will out, Mm -hmm. he, like, had one stipulation. So nobody gets all... He's, like, fucking millionaire. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets any of the money. The first person to get the money is the only person to produce an heir. But it has to be through marriage. Like, you have to be married Mm -hmm. and produce an heir in order to obtain the money. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the only other people in the running are, like, the brother, which has no interest in this. Mm -hmm. The two sisters, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the, like, they have, like, a half-teen sister Mm -hmm. from, like, the dad married, like, Mm -hmm. some bimbo. And uh, so now the sister's dead. She's the only one there, and she starts, like, and she freaks out because, like, the husband or whatever, mm-hmm. and, uh, so she figures out because, like, what happened was she was supposed to be, the, like, sister was supposed to be pregnant, so she was supposed to get the money, so, like, she's like, oh my god, they're gonna think I murdered her because mm-hmm. I didn't want her to get the money, mm-hmm. so she panics oh, no. and pretends to be her sister. Oh, no. With the husband. And, like, he goes along with it. And it's freaking weird. So now, not on top of that, she has to not only pretend to be your sister, she has to pretend to be your pregnant, pregnant sister. yeah. So she has to seduce her sister's husband. It's, like, this whole weird thing. And, it, like, the way it plays out. I mean, there's a twist. Did I enjoy the twist? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's not the best book. But yeah. it's... Sounds very dysfunctional, though. <laughs> so it's yes. on brand. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if you think you have it bad with your sister, just think one could uh, try to seduce your husband, pretend to be pregnant, and then, you know, um, take over your life all because you fell overboard on your yacht. So, Oof. you know, there's that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what's, uh, what's one of your other picks? Um, so... Because we're short on time, I guess I will pick. Um, I feel like we always say we're short. I know on time. we're always we always are. We always plan too much and we have too much to say. Um, Jasmine Ward has written like literally anything she's written. Um, it has dysfunctional families. My favorite is Sing Unburied Sing, mm-hmm. but she also wrote Salvage the Bones, and one other that I can't think of right now. But literally, I love her so much. All of her books are like six out of five stars. I love them so much. So they're all set in the South, and they all have, like, parents who are absent or parents who are drug addicts or parents who are in prison. Um, So they're being raised by grandmothers or aunts or um, their other siblings. Um, In Sing Unburied Sing, a brother who's, like, 12 is raising his little sister who's, like, two, basically, on his own. Like, he has adults there to, like, get them food and stuff, but, like, they just don't care. And his grandma is sick. So, I mean, it's very, like situationally dysfunctional I don't know like they're good meaning people but they're poor and sick and um I mean so I don't know it's hard to explain but the families are very dysfunctional and the writing is so good it is 
some of the best writing I've ever read. Um, she's one of my all-time favorite authors, and I think she captures really well the same kind of thing that Jesse does in Transcendent Kingdom, those kind of, like, questions about family, but it connects it to, like, it's it's a universal thing, even though they're about specific families. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely recommend anything she's written, but I would start with Sing Unburied Sing, um, and it's like the whole story is told over a road trip over a few days while they go to get the main character, who is 12, his dad from prison, um, and so it's told from his perspective on the road, um, and they, like, make stops to, like, do drugs and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So, he has to take care of his sister. And it's beautiful. And I love it. And mm-hmm. I think everyone should read it. Yeah. I'm adding that to my list. Yeah. So many. So many. So many. Um, yeah, we have a few minutes that we can kind of breeze through, like, two more, one more each. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to do the classic Dysfunctional Family from Pride and Prejudice. The by OG. Jane, Jane Austen. <laughs> The Bennets. First off, the family is the sole reason as to why Darcy did not want to be into Elizabeth. (laughs) The whole agony, (laughs) the I have struggled in vain, Mm -hmm. um, against all, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, reason, um, to not love you. That's not a direct quote. Um, yeah. (laughs) It's because of her family. Her mother is this pushy-ass woman. Which I've started, like, I heard another opinion about her, and I actually kind of respect her a little bit. Her personality is annoying as shit. She's very bossy and pushy and puts herself into situations she doesn't need to be in. But if you think about it from the perspective of she just wants her, like, daughters to live a very healthy life, her pushing for them to get married and, yeah. like, marry well isn't mm-hmm. a bad thing for that time period. No, yeah. Just because that was the only way for women to have a healthy life. Yeah, and I'm not saying happy life, per se. Yeah. But, but they would be They would be fed. They would have shelter. Yeah. And then everything else is up to, like, you know, if they actually like the dude they marry or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, She's yeah, still, yeah, and then... <laughs> My favorite, though, um, a lot of people like Lydia and Kitty because they're, mm-hmm. like, the young, rambunctious ones, and Lydia runs off to get married, and... Uh-uh. Spoiler. But I personally love Mary because Ugh. she is this droll little thing that everybody is, like, so tired of her because she just wants to play her piano and, and read, read her books <laughs> and just, like, chill in the corner. She has no intention of flirting. She has no intention mm-hmm. of dancing. Like, she just wants to do her own shit. And everybody's yeah. like, Mary, you're so boring. We don't like you. And she's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like you either. And they're like, but you should care that we don't like you. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just like, she's having none of it. She's yeah. having... None of it. I'm like, Mary is the true heroine of this book. And I want to see, like, a book about Mary, to I would be read honest. a spinoff about Mary. That, like, the forgotten Bennett sister. There's got to be, like, some, there's gotta some be, book. I mean, there's so many, like, Death to Pemberley. Yeah. Death at Pemberley. I don't know. But, like, there's so many Jane Austen spinoffs. Yeah. There's got to be something. There's got to be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, hit us up. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last one I'll mention... Um, this is not family by blood so much as it, I guess in each story that I'm going to recommend, like there's a pair that's related, but, um, this is more like found family or like your, your chosen family of your close friends. I recommend The Secret History, which I've already mentioned once this podcast. And If We Were Villains, which is very similar, but The Secret History for sure is about this like group of friends that are all so close knit they may as well be family. They spend all their holidays together. They go to school together. They're in their own little elite program at the school they go to. It's like a liberal New England uh, liberal arts school. Yeah, I kind of want to go there. I know. I definitely want to go there for sure. Um, But obviously, like, shit hits the fan. Like, it's not a spoiler because it's, like, in the opening lines of the book that, like, one of them is dead. Like, like, murder intrigue. Um, (laughs) But, like, one of them ends up dead and then the rest of the book is how they got there and how where they go from there and it is fantastic writing fantastic pacing um we are big big fans of donna tart um Mm -hmm. the secret history specifically so i definitely recommend that it's like a dysfunctional like 
friend group, but they're, like I said, they're, like, they're basically family. Yeah. They work, they have the same mechanisms, I think, as a family. There's always, like, the mom friend, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they have, they have those kind of qualities, so I would definitely recommend that. Yeah. Oh, so, that's such a cozy read, to be honest. Yeah. I, 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 really I don't reread it now. I don't reread books, but, like, I would consider rereading that one it's been a while it's been like i said it's been almost two years since i've read it so i really want hopefully the next time we record i will be able to say that that is one of the books i read (laughs) i'm challenging myself check in on us in december i'm challenging myself um okay so speaking of cozy reads yes so we're gonna just quickly go through recommendations for each other and anybody that seems to think that they have similar personalities to us as readers um, just by our selections and our commentary. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just give my recommendation to you. Okay. Which is My Days of Rest and Relaxation mm-hmm. by Otessa Mosfeg. And this is a book that I was happily surprised that I enjoyed it. I wasn't prepared to fully enjoy mm-hmm. it. Like, I kind of like slow burn books anyway. Um, and then very quickly, the premise is mm-hmm. just that, like, this chick, early 2000s, She's dealing with some internal stuff, but externally, she just wants to sleep. She just wants to get enough drug, uh, sleep-inducing drugs Mm -hmm. to allow her to sleep for long periods Mm -hmm. of time, and then she can wake up and watch her VHS tapes of, like, movies with Whoopi Goldberg in it. And it's set in New York, so that's another thing. Um, Actually, I think it's set in, like, the Upper West or Upper East, which you Mm -hmm. would enjoy, because that's where you are. Um, And it's just interesting, her, like, routines of like going mm-hmm. to the bodega and getting like coffee and like a pack of sardines like mm-hmm. she's so unhealthy oh and it's so fantastic i love that um yeah and it's actually quite beautiful in a way mm-hmm. i don't want to kind of give I've it away good but things. i've heard it's good things. yeah it's it blew me away a little bit in a good way so yeah that sounds great mine um is not um like a stereotypical cozy read but <laughs> I like I read it over the winter time and I curled up and like loved it so I'm gonna go Stephen King again and recommend The Shining I don't know I think because I mentioned before in the first part like Stephen King books are very nostalgic for me they remind me of my grandmother and my aunt who love Stephen King so anytime I'm reading Stephen King I'm texting them more often than I normally would like it's like a whole experience for me I really love it and The Shining is my grandmother's favorite Stephen King book Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's a cozy read because it's very, it's chonky, but it's fast paced. So I feel like it flies by. And as I'm sure anyone listening knows, like it is set in the Overlook Hotel, which is this very remote hotel in Colorado where you can't get there like four or five months out of the year. So it's just the caretaker and his family. And that's it on this huge property in the middle of nowhere. So mm-hmm. it's winter time. There are like blizzards going on outside, but they're always like together and eating and drinking and like making fires. And so like the atmosphere of the hotel itself, I think is like very cozy and it's isolated and remote. I don't know. And the fact that it's set in the winter time and there's snow everywhere, like obviously like it's not like idyllic snowy, like obviously it's a horror novel, but um it reads more like psychological thriller for me and I kind of love that because you read it so quickly and the setting I don't know it just like makes you want to curl up by a fire I think I don't know like maybe this is just me being like a freak and I'm like (laughs) oh cozy read the shining um but I I really had a great time reading it and I think that it's one you can curl up with yeah, nothing for sure comfort like slowly spiraling out of control into murderous (laughs) behavior I don't um, know. It's, it's okay. You know, no, you know I, I, I respect cane. your choice. Um, <laughs> my chick was, you know, wants to sleep all the time and take a bunch of drugs. So that's true. They're both we a have very dark. <laughs> uh, uh, twisty sense. minds. Speaking so, of dark, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are doing another. If you liked our last episode where we really kind of unwrapped "Beautiful World," where are you by? Sally Rooney, we're doing another attempt at reading the same book at the same time, and we chose another contemporary release. Uh, I love you, but I've chosen Darkness by Claire Vey Watkins. It was just released this fall by Riverhead Books, and um, I do have like a little excerpt from like the back copy on what it's about. So 
Leaving behind her husband and their baby daughter, a writer gets on a flight for a speaking engagement in Reno, not carrying much besides a breast pump and a spiraling case of postpartum depression. Her temporary escape from domestic duties and an opportunity to reconnect with old friends mutates into an extended romp away from the confines of marriage and motherhood and a seemingly bottomless descent into the past. So... We are definitely into the twisty stuff. Um, I am very excited about this. I am not excited about the fact that my position on the wait list <laughs> at the library is not very high. It's not um, it is. Let's let's take a look. It is. Um, oh, I've moved up. I am number fifty-one of okay. the ninety people okay. that have placed holds. On this book. I am 28 out of 87, so yeah. I'm a little better, but I think we're going to have to bite the bullet and buy the book. Yeah, if anybody wants to Venmo us. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we will be reading this, so any listener that wants to read along with us, um, we love that. Uh, mm-hmm. We are, I love reading I Love You, But I've Chosen Darkness by Claire Vade Watkins. It is a new book, so it'll be in most bookstores. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fun to do another in-depth dive with you. Yeah, I I love doing that. Um, I do although too. I do like our little listicle episodes, like this one. Um, I really like when we can kind of unpack. It's been so long since I've been able to like talk about books this way with another person. As an English major, like I miss that. And like mm-hmm. when we read Sally Rooney book, like I was dog airing pages and mm-hmm. highlighting in mine, and I love doing that. And I don't really do it a lot for myself because. I don't have anyone to talk about the books with. No, but when I know too. I'm going to be talking about it, I'm like, oh, I want to come back to that. Oh, I want to come back to that. Yeah. And it makes me want to do that more with books that I'm just reading for myself so that when I, if I revisit them later, yeah. you know, those wanna, passages are saved. It's like our own little book club. Like, I would love to join a book club, but um, most of my friends don't read or yeah. they claim they're going to read and then they never do. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely have, I wasn't an English major, but I yeah. definitely have like an English major brain. Yeah, you do. So I love, thank you. So complimentary. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just love dissecting books and talking mm-hmm. about them. Like, I've been told by by a, a, a beau that uh, I light up when I talk about <laughs> <A> books. <beau. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> My boyfriend. Um, <laughs> that I light up when I talk about books because I, I do get excited about them. Um, and they're just, ah. Uh, I mean, they were, like, kind of like my best friends growing up. I, I had real friends. Like, I had, I wasn't mm-hmm. just in a closet somewhere reading right. books. Usually. But, um, that did happen. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, but I, I just, I enjoy, and I enjoy these conversations that I have with you, mm-hmm. my contemporary Catwoman, yeah. um, and to our listeners, shout out to Germany, uh, because I think... A lot of our listeners are from there, and I don't know if you're reading, listening to this just because our name is, like, Razzlefrat, and that sounds kind of German, but um, if you're still with us, third episode, hey. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We're so happy to be here with you and talk books and um, shoot the shit, and maybe next time we'll, we'll try not to be so ambitious. We really need to start chopping things down. I know. Because um, I was, like, watching the time, and... You know, we'll get there. But we just have so much to say. We do, honestly. I, uh, I didn't even get to talk to you about where I'm at with my Gilmore Girls rewatch. We'll save it for next episode. We'll talk about it off. I know we do talk. (laughs) We talk about it off mic a lot, like ninety percent of our (laughs) messages are about Gilmore Girls. Although today, today it revolved around Taylor Swift because she released. Oh my gosh! Yes, Happy Red re-release day. Yes. I mean, that's when we're recording. You'll hear it later, but. You We've just been listened? listening to it on repeat oh. all day. Grab a box, box of tissues, Bottom settle line. down for an hour, mm-hmm. and listen to six renditions of All Too Well. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I mean, it. I'm going to do that. That's like my weekend. Yes. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, um, I think that's that's basically all we have for the podcast. 
So be sure to follow more of our bookish antics on our bookstagram accounts at There's Ink on My Hands for Lila. And um, for me, Ashton, grapes underscore of underscore ash is where you can find me. Share Rasselfret with friends, lovers, or your enemies. Anyone will do. Share the wealth of this gem of a pot and feel free to leave a review or comment in Apple Podcasts. We'd love to talk to you. Come for the books and stay for the coffee-fueled conversation. And now we shall bid you adieu. That's Razzle Frat.